You are listening to the Noisy Narratives podcast, a podcast produced by the Women of First Ministries at Frisco First Baptist Church in Frisco, Texas. Here at Noisy Narratives, we like to cut through the noise of our stories and get to the heart of what really matters. We hope you are blessed by what we share. Thank you so much for listening. Isn't it amazing? everyone. Welcome to Noisy Narratives. This is um, Debbie and I'm here with Christy. Christy? You paused. I did. I paused for a minute. I had to go, who am I? (laughs) (laughs) I had to remind myself Mm -hmm. of my name. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're here and we were trying to figure out what to do for our intro. We have been batting around a lot mm -hmm. of things because there's a lot of things going on in the world. There always is. There's a lot of Taylor Swifting going on. There's Barbie movie going on. There's all kinds of crazy going on. Whether to line your cabinets or not. Whether to line your cabinets. That was a recent discussion we Mm -hmm. had Mm -hmm. with in our office with who lines their cabinets Mm -hmm. after they get new ones and who doesn't. Kelly and Cindy and I don't. Rhonda and Sarah and Debbie do. Which was a bit of a surprise to me because Rhonda I expected. Sarah, 100%. I expected. Sarah, I 100% expected too. But I actually totally expected Cindy. Cindy. <laughs> yeah. Christy, you you actually were going to be on the fence to me. Because sometimes I feel like I'm not yeah. sure which direction mm-hmm. you're going to go. Because you're very much a doer. You, you get things done. Toes. You do. Mm-hmm. Kelly is always on the fence to me too. Because she's kind of like me in a lot of ways. Like we just, we process out loud. We're just going, going. And just take a minute to make decisions. But, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it was me, Rhonda, and Kelly that lined, and you and Cindy. No, you, Rhonda, and Sarah. Oh, and C- Sarah. Kelly, oh, Cindy, Kelly and I not. don't. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I do like to, if you're going to line it, I do think you should line it with fun paper. Not white to where it matches. Oh, see, yeah, that's where you, you want to digress white. again. Really? You <laughs> need it to the, be white and plain? I, it's white, and it's the rubbery stuff that doesn't yeah. move. Yeah. And so it protects your cabinet on you the like bottom, the... and it doesn't move when you pull things out. I can't stand the rubbery stuff, because you want the glass to just slide towards you sometimes, and it just gets stuck, and but you're like... sliding is what scrapes your cabinet. But if it's lined... So if it's should... lined, you pick it up, no. and you bring it out. Oh, God, it's just another thing to do in the day, to pick up a cup to bring to your mouth. No, you slide it... And then it just falls See, out of the cabinet and you catch it. This is what keeps so great. us different from the male of the species. <laughs> How do you think Except men handle it? I will say, actually, one of the they reasons I'm such a... They just it comes out? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think they think through it this strongly. Oh, d- no, no, time out. Time out. I've my never husband does. I've never... actually, my husband does, which is why I line my cabinet so well oh, now God, is because no, my husband's doesn't... big time detailed about that no, stuff. He wants them lined. I never thought about it till they asked the question in the other room on who does and who doesn't. Today, you never thought about if it's a big deal to line your cabinets or not. Not one moment of my 47 years on this earth have I thought about that. So did your, your mom did not line her cabinets then? I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't remember. uh, Mine didn't either. I don't think, (laughs) I don't even think it was a part of our house, Mm -mm. but this it has ended up being a fun part of our conversation. Now we wanna, did not mean to. I want to text my mom and ask her if Kate did, did you, you line, line your thing. So that's our latest question. Then do you line your cabinets? Do you line in your, your kitchen cabinets? Do you? I do line my drawers. I did. I line my drawers with all my kitchen stuff, and I line my cabinets, and I line my pantry shelves. I did in the, our house that we're in right now. I did do that, but I did it with fun black and white. Um, floral print. Because if I'm going to line it, I'm going to spend the time and the energy. It needs to look oh, pretty. Oh, and it's pretty. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mine but, just kind of mingles. You can't even hardly like see it. So really if you have easy. white lining paper and yeah. you pull the glass across the white lining paper, does the white lining paper not scrape? Do you not see like marks no. on that at all? Well, first of all, I do the kind of the rubbery stuff. And oh, so it's right. not, you know. You can't pull it across. You, you have really to lift pull and you do. pull. You lift and bring. <laughs> it's like the Gatorade, get your can out of a soda pop station now whatever it is where the, the machine goes in this pulls it out pulls it over so funny but I will say in all fairness now that I'm thinking it through I was not hugely into lining until I married my husband who once we started buying our own house houses oh you're so fancy you've had houses we we have bought houses <laughs> well one at a time not together oh, but um we, he did he did care and I learned to care and so now I do care it is something I do pretty much all the time <laughs> you know speaking of fixing things up um speaking of getting things taken care of in our house we just have a few minutes we're going to get caught up on <laughs> Christy's little life update here uh, mm-hmm. because we have nuanced talked about discussed a little bit mm-hmm. um some things that happened to you over the summer that have made life a little more complicated mm-hmm. I say little I'm being facetious yeah, a yeah. lot more complicated mm-hmm. for you guys so just kind of tell the world mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit what <laughs> happened. Three people. On July 4th, uh, Whitaker came home. We went up to Staley to watch fireworks. Whitaker comes home and says, Mom, I think the house is on fire. There's smoke everywhere. And he goes to the back door, and he opens the front door. Smoke's coming out. He goes to the back door, and you hear my nephew say, Oh, my gosh, there's flames. And so Whit went and got a hose, and I asked him to call the fire department. He didn't know how to call the fire department. He knows now. It's fine. Um, but I did say, call the fire department. He goes, I don't know how. At least I didn't say call 911, so that yeah. makes it a little better. Yeah. Anyway, so we called the fire department. They came out, and, yes, we had a fire in our kitchen. And so all of our lower cabinets, our island got burnt. Um, we had smoke damage over the whole house. And who knew? And I wish the fire men told me as that night was happening and I'm like my wood floors have like sitting water and I was panicked yeah so I go and find the house stinks like you can't even smell in there right but I go find towels and I'm laying towels down trying to get the water off yeah to save my wood floors and yes I mean I wish he would have been like it's damaged like you're going to be out of your house for a while so I didn't know that so then the next day or that night at like one in the morning a friend sends me a note and just says hey call this restoration company it's Stanley Restoration they're out of Cedar Hill call Johnny he is the best if you have fire what is it fire Fire, water water yeah and so he met me the next day and he gets out of his car and I get out of my car and he was like good morning and I was like <laughs> just start, start crying bawling. of course i just start bawling he was like that's okay this is how most people usually meet me for the first time is there's crying and i don't think i had processed like what had happened at all mm. but I'm seeing so, him made it a reality totally yeah and then walking through the that. house and like and i love our house and i love the quaintness of our house i love the memories of our house i wrote about this on the blog but like i'd always grew up not loving like you're told you can't love things they're not going to heaven with you right and you know, no, no, what is it? No morgue or no whatever has a you all on the back of their um, thing when they're carrying. What's that thing? That thing when yes. you're carrying your casket. There's yeah. not a there's not a U-Haul following it. Like none yeah. of the stuff is going to heaven with you. Which is a very simplified way of looking at things. Totally. Which I you wish know. my grandfather would have been like, you can mourn this. Yes. You can grieve it. You can it grieve it. It does not mean that you think you're taking it with you when yes. you decide to grieve something yes. you care about. And so yeah. I wish I would have grieved other things in the past. And so I kind of went through a phase of allowing myself to grieve this. But um, so, yeah, we've been out of our house. We're supposed to be get back in at the end of October. 
I told our contractor who was wonderful. His name's Chris. Oh, funny side story too. Um, Gentry had a, a basketball game at the field house and I turn around and I'm walking towards the stands and our contractor sitting right there. And his eyes were like, hi. And I was so thankful. I've been so nice to him right. because I had a moment of like, I like you. Yeah. Like you're, you're great. I mean, he doesn't get things done timely, but it's not him doing it because he's got so much other stuff yeah. on his plate. And so his face though was like, oh gosh, is she going to shop doc, shop with me the whole time? Right. And I was like, nope, we're not talking about it. We're watching the game. And he was like, okay, good. I did. I was like, don't worry. We're not going to talk about anything about the house. I just want to watch the game. And he was like, okay, good. And then he starts videotaping and I was like, yeah, you can't videotape by me. It's going to be loud and obnoxious. Anyway, so yeah. he ended up moving. It was fine. It worked out great. <laughs> anyway, so we'll be back in. I told him at the, about two weeks ago, I was like, we have to be in, uh, be in this house by the end of October because we will be homeless, quote unquote, mm-hmm. because our rental house will be done. done. We have to be out. And he was like, okay. So we've been working hard. To get that done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's been crazy. It has not been fun. The rental house we live in is a gray, as Jen Brindley calls it, a hospital waiting room. Oh. And there's nothing homey about it. Yeah. Like, it's just sterile and bleh. Well, especially in the way, I mean, your house... I mean, if it's I homey. can explain, it's very homey. It's yes. very welcoming. Like you drive up and it feels yes. farmhousey slash mm-hmm. um, what's, you know, what's whatever you want the to make chip in Joanna Gaines. It's oh, got that kind of vibe yeah. feeling to it to where it's just sweet. Um, and you walk up and it's just open. And, mm-hmm. and so, and I feel like you've put a lot of, you put a lot of value in that kind of like mm-hmm. wanting everyone to feel like home is a place you can walk mm-hmm. in and just. <sighs> yes. rest yeah. so it's I can see how it would be hard for you guys to be in a place for a yeah. while where you feel like you can't walk in and have no. that anytime feeling, we come home from a vibe. trip or we come home from something and I'm like I'm exhausted I'm like oh, I just want to go to my home yes and I'm like okay yeah. but I'm thankful for the air conditioning I'm thankful that we have mattresses now are you doing everything the same no I took out a wall anything? you took out a wall. oh yeah I took out a wall we're putting in a new window yeah, our agent was so great. Not our agent, but our adjuster was great because he, I don't know if he realized our house was 1950s home and then we bought it 10 years ago and we added on a thousand square feet. And so um, it has a very, like kids will walk in that are like my, maybe my age and a little bit younger will be like, this reminds me of my grandma's home. Like it's totally like a grandma's home. It doesn't smell like mothballs, but it has like that ranch style feel. And so, um, yeah, where he put money in certain things thinking that's what we needed. And our contractor was like, you don't need that. So I said, great, put that money towards this wall. So we took out a wall and we're putting in a big window. And I'm so excited. Wow. I know. That's, and I know how much you love light. Yes. Like natural light coming in. So I've been I wanting that window down. That. And during COVID, I did some mm-hmm. COVID crazy things. I started taking down a wall and then I had to call Carrie and be like. Oh, I remember yeah. that. You showed uh-huh. us a video uh-huh. of that. I was like, this is not, I'm so sorry. I thought it wasn't load bearing. I need you is. to fix it. And so she fixed it. Okay. Yeah. So our, our grass is dead. Our yard looks like a cornfield right now. A burnt cornfield. Yeah. It was a horrible, um, summer. horrible summer for that, to, for you to be out and not be able to water. Like, oh, I watered, but then I would forget I'd get yeah, the yeah. water on and Greg oh, was like, no. how long was the water on? Oh, Oops. <laughs> I'll go get up out of bed and go turn it off right now. Oh no. Because then you have to drive to go turn it off, right? <laughs> because it would be another place. I do. Drive down the street and go turn it off. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, yes, it's been crazy. We're all safe. We're all thankful. Mm-hmm. The kids have a great point of view on it. Gentry has a little PTSD. We smelled a fire the other day. She smelled smoke in the neighborhood, and she was like, Mom, there's a fire. Mm-hmm. But it was like fear. Like, her face went white. 
Yeah. Of like, oh my gosh, there's a fire. And I was like, it's not our house. We'll be fine. So even just not even being there, she has that. Totally. And is that because she's imagining what if we were home? Or is that just because the move the out was smell, even just hard and the smell? Smell and the noise. And so there were some kids that were like, this is your fault, Gentry. This is your fault. What? I know. Oh, and I was horrible. like, no, it's not. We're blaming this on Robert Norris and dad. Because it's supposed to be a punk. They thought it was a sparkler, but it was a punk. It was uh, put in the trash can and it burnt through the trash can. Uh, and so Greg and Mr. Norris were like, you're fine. It's put out. No big deal. Because well, they thought it was one thing when it was another because it, it sparked, went, sparked back up because mm-hmm. it doesn't just go out because mm-hmm. they thought it was a normal you're one. You're supposed to put those for <gasps> reference. Horrible. You're supposed to put them in sand. You're supposed to put the them in water. The punk ones that don't because mm-hmm. they're like those candles that you blow them, but yep. then they come back, yep. but it's a sparkler. Mm-hmm. <gasps> I would never have mm-hmm. known that mm-hmm. either. Yeah. So they thought it was a sparkler. It's a punk. Run it through water and then put it in sand. That's what. You, That's oh, how you wow. get rid of it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. So there were some mean kids that were like, this is your fault. And nobody could say it's Gentry's. Like you don't know. There were so many k- kids coming and going that yes. night. There was probably 10 families over that had lot, maybe yeah. six families with at least 12 kids. And so you have no idea who's who coming and going. Yes. So it's just kids being and they, mean. And in the end, everybody did what they thought they were supposed to do, which is put it underwater. Yeah. I mean, like, mm-hmm. and before. Wow. Mm-hmm. So we're just blaming the old men. It is yeah. what it is. I just, man, that's just, oy, that's yeah. horrible. It is horrible. Well, I'm just, I am glad you guys are safe. And things, and you're almost to the end. You got about three we weeks. Hope. Yeah. You hope. Yeah. Oh, here's a funny game. story. I hang out on North County because I had rental houses on North County. And because of this, people are so sweet to us all the time. So Gentry now rides her bike home because it's downhill when she goes. And so instead of going to the left, she goes to the right. And so I hang out there. But the first time I did it, I can't tell you, I got three text messages. Are you okay? I saw you standing on North County. Are you okay? I saw you standing. Because they're not used to you to seeing you there. Because everybody in the area probably knows you at this point. Yeah, and they're like, like I'm not used each to each other. Yeah, like we exactly. know everybody's walking path. You see yeah. the same people walking, their dogs, the same time of day. Yeah. Like if you're observant, you can figure out everybody's schedule. Yeah. But I'm at the other end and I'm standing out on the corner like, well, she just had a house fire. She's not in her house. What else yeah. could go wrong? Oh, we've gotten two flat tires since then. Like a car has gone. I mean, like just everything that could happen has happened. We still have our health. Thank you, Lord. Um, but it's, I thought it was so funny. I thought people know when you're a state of That's like hilarious. need and emergency and yeah. you're on the corner, they're like, oh gosh, what else is happening? Could anything else go ha- wrong? And I was like, I'm just waiting for my dog. But what fun to have in a community Oh, that's out for you so much. That's so sweet. So one, they're one. Everybody has been amazing and wonderful. That's awesome. So yes, and thank you for everybody that gave on the GoFundMe page and that brought meals and the gift cards. Like people came out. That's amazing. It's hard for you to receive, isn't it? A little bit. Yes, because you're so used to the being on the other side. So how has that been for you? Horrible. This is a good question. (laughs) No, how has that been to be on the other side? Great. And so I didn't know this that Brinley struggles with this also because that it happened on a. What a Wednesday or Thursday or Tuesday. I don't even remember. But we went to church on that Sunday. And I go, well, Brinley, um, we're going to go to church, whatever. And I go, people might ask you about this. Why does everybody have to know our business? And I was like, what do you mean everybody know our business? And she goes, well, why do I have to talk about it? I go, this is our church family. Like, they have loved us amazingly. This is what a church does. It comes around people that are hurting and grieving. I mean, we got panty. We got packages of one friend brought a package of panties and underwear for all the kids. And socks, because she was like, I experienced this. they all smell like smoke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All of our clothes are gone. Like, yes. not gone and ruined. They're in this warehouse, and they clean them. We just don't have access to them until we move back in. But she said, I experienced this when I was a kid, and the one thing that I wish I would have had was clean panties and socks. Wow. And so she just brought them to us, and the kids have been like, I mean, people are, were amazing. 
Glo- yeah. Close out the wazoo for all the kids. It was great. It was sweet. But Brinley struggled. We had had a conversation with people care for us this way. And so she did end up going to life group and sharing what had happened. And I go, was it okay? And she was like, yeah, they do love us, mom. So I accepted it. I have learned to accept it. I haven't sent out thank you cards yet because I feel like I'm just now getting over the hump to be like, okay, I can talk about it. Like yeah. we wanted to talk about it two weeks ago and I was like, I can't talk she about wasn't, it She wasn't, you weren't ready no. yet. Yeah. Was, I mean like my friend group that we do lunches with on Thursday on Fridays was amazing. I sent them a video, I think, or a text message that night just saying, y'all pray. I think my house is on fire. <laughs> and they yeah. were like, what, what? And then Kelly, a good friend came by and she was great. She was helpful. So it was a lot of like just people. You just, if you don't know how to be loved or if you're in a state of emergency, you just kind of have to just fumble through it. Yeah. And I felt like that's what I did. I mean, I don't think we fall, fell on our face, but we did just, yes, I'll take that. Yes. Thank you. Like you Mm -hmm. just, you're in a state of, yes, I have no idea what I'm going to do with this. I don't know where to process this, where to put it, whether it's physically or emotionally, but you just kind of, you're just very humble, humbled. That's a good word. You feel very humbled. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So thank you. I need to say that more. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's been because we had somebody in my office went through it right before you. I know. And she's still out too. So it was interesting to have. I mean, it's hard to watch. I mean, it's. Well, hers yeah. was lightning and that's hers horrible was too. Lightning. Yeah. It was. But it was the same thing. It was a small part of the house, but the whole place smelled like smoke. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, unless you go through it, you don't realize how much damage smoke does right. from a small part of the house. Oh, I would have never thought that. So, mm-hmm. But so. anyway, we wanted to update all of you um, and just let you know, just so you guys know, because I know people have been curious because um, we've mentioned it some but ha- in passing but have not gone over the whole thing. And Christy was th- mm-hmm. we're a little readier, more ready, more ready, mm-hmm. more ready to share today. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but we do have an amazing interview coming up. We hope you enjoy mm-hmm. this today with a story of a, ma- of a lady, a, a mom who went through some incredible, incredible things with her son. Um, she, had fight for him. she had to fight for him in a way that we can all identify with, I think. But um, we hope that you're blessed by that story and encouraged that even in horrible, hard, hard situations, um, God is good. Mm-hmm. And uh, miracles happen. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, that's it from our little opening discussion. Um, and here's the interview. Okay, we are here with our guest today. And Christy's going to introduce her, introduce the interview. It's a very interesting topic, so we're excited to hear your story. But mm-hmm. why don't you introduce our guest? This is Ms. Jennifer Christy. Morano. Did I say that right? Yes. Moreno. It's right. Moreno. Are you originally from New York? Mm-mm, I'm originally from Phoenix. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if it was like an Italian thing or something like that. Okay. It you know. sounds Italian. I know. Thank you. That's what I thought. Um, she is here with us because um, I, you were connected. We were connected from Corey, a good friend of mine that I've known since I was younger. And I was sitting at lunch. I have you probably a weekly lunch with Corey and another friend, Bridget. And I was like, y'all, I need names. I need ideas. Like if you think of anybody that has a really good story, you know, God working miracles in our life, please let me know. And she was like, um, my friend, Jennifer. And I was like, say more. And so she just briefly told me your story. So I don't want to ruin anything, but you do live here. You in the prosper area, y'all go to a different church. Um, how long have y'all lived here since 20? 
Um, we've lived here for five years. Now. Five years. Okay. Yeah, we do talk to people from different churches, don't we? Yes, we're allowed we, to do that. We do do that. We uh-huh. cross pollinate some. We do. We should. We should be allowed to do that. Yeah. We all. We're the all body and heaven together. The big C. So we can get along here <laughs> the big on <laughs> Earth. Exactly right. So um, it was great because Corey prefaced it with, um, "She's got a great story about someone that she loves that was in a cult," and I was like. Okay, give me your number right now. I'm going to call her right now and try to schedule something. So thank you for being here. And we're excited to hear your story um, because it sounds crazy. So get us started with where you were during that time or anything else you want to start off with. So um, I am married for 26 years and I have two boys who actually are young men now. What happened, um, we lived in a different state and we... It's just kind of important to realize we have been in the faith forever, generations mm. and generations and generations, raised our children in the church, church camps, teaching Bible study, teaching I'm teaching Sunday school, VBS, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, far from perfect, but we really, the, our faith was very important to us and our children were raised that way. Um, and our, our kids are boys, so they do boy stuff. But about six years ago, I can't believe how fast it's gone. Mm. Six years ago, my oldest was just about to start his senior year in high school. He is a remarkable young man. He, great grades, great athlete, going to be senior class president, captain of the cross country team. I don't say those things as, I mean, of course, I'm the proud mother, but I say those things because it helps set the backdrop of what he was willing to throw away. Mm. So what happened is we go, we went to this Christian camp for 10 years. It's over a hundred years old in upstate, um, in the state. And it was just wonderful. Christian camp, love teaching, big names would come in. It was wonderful. And, and he grew up there. And one summer, he happened to meet a guy who lived near the camp, was one of the resident, the local people that could come and visit. And this young man, they were 16 at the time, had an impact on him. And I remember actually meeting this guy, and I just had a weird vibe about him. And I remember specifically thinking, I'm glad we're leaving soon. This kid just seems off, and mm, I just don't feel good. Real fast, were they the same age? Your they son were the and same age. Friend, the they were, were the same age. They were okay. the same age. Okay. Um, so we left camp, but of course, with Snapchat and social media, they maintained a relationship. And um, it seemed very limited, if you will. Um, our son was very smart and never got into trouble. And I say this now because I knew not to do it, but I did it. And maybe I wasn't the only mom. He had a computer in his bedroom, but he had never gotten in trouble, and he got straight A's, and he was a great athlete, and he always volunteered, and all this stuff. And because of that, he was able to have more of a conversation um, with this other individual. You mean like a gaming computer? Yeah, like a gaming like computer. Like a big setup kind of a deal. He actually built it. He's yeah. the smart oh, kid who built his wow. own computer that he could do games okay. on and all that stuff. Yeah. So um, that's what he did. Yeah. And But it was in moderation. We checked on it, and yeah. there was never, ever any indication. So a whole year goes by, and now it is before his senior year, and it is in the summer. And at this point, we have noticed he's having some kind of very strong ideas in terms of black and white issues. Mm-hmm. Um, when economic situations changes and migration happens, it impacts where they land. People change, cultures change, what used to be may not be that way anymore. 
this is factual. This is the story of the earth. Migration has always been that way. Um, but my son was having opinions about that that we did not understand. They were not opinions that he'd been raised with. They were not mm. the opinions of compassion and helping and all of that stuff. And so we had many discussions with that. And we were frankly like, we have no idea where this is coming from because you've never spoken like this before and whatnot. And we just thought, crazy 17, 18 year old, this is what they do. They stretch. They, we're safe. We literally thought we're a safe community. He can run these crazy ideas by us and we'll redirect. And we were actually grateful that he would speak to us mm -hmm. with them because then we could we could reestablish the Christian worldview mm -hmm. and whatnot. And we had some conversations like that. And then he'd go disappear again and it was back to just normal, great kid. He'd um, ebb and flow out of this thought process. He would ebb and flow out of this this thought process. And it was wow. it was on the little end. It wasn't like it was a daily occurrence. Yeah. So it was, oh, oh, you brought that up again. That was a couple months ago type thing. Okay. Um, so fast forward to August before he's going to start his senior year. He turns 18. He was a little older for his age. He's, and a one week after his 18th birthday, two days before he was to start school, um, he and his brother had gone to finish their week at Vacation Bible School, where they were the, the coaches, mm -hmm. and which he had always done for years. And about noon that day, I, I get a call from a mother of one of his friends, and she is in hysterics. And we have learned that he had posted a message to some of his closest friends saying that he was leaving, that he would never be back. He'd had it with the system, whatever that meant. It's very cryptic. Um, but it was also very serious in terms of I'm leaving. Mm. I'll never see you again. Um, so that was how I learned that something was seriously awry. Can I stop you just a second? So as kind of you're watching these subtle things start piling up, at the same time, he's still involved in high school. He's still involved on the track team. He's still making good grades. He still has friends. He's still... So that part of life is going on as normal. Mm -hmm. So it's not like he's holed up in his room 24-7, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you're exactly. seeing, what you're seeing is still the kid that you've known. It's just there's this whole other thing mm -hmm. happening in the background now that what you're saying is now this post is happening. Exactly. And then you're like, because <gasps> you had... At this point, things had looked still relatively normal. Exactly. Okay. We, so Just we make felt. Sure I was understanding. Absolutely, that. absolutely. So we felt completely blindsided. What we discovered was that he had told us he was going to the vacation Bible school, and he did. He had drove in my little minivan to the vacation school, and then told his brother, who was also there, that he wasn't feeling well, and so he was going to come home. And so that's what his brother had thought. Well, he didn't necessarily came home he actually did return the minivan to right around the corner from our house but at that point he then got on a train got on an airplane and was gone wow so we this is right before his senior of high school yes senior. but he had turned 18 because he was older mm -hmm. so he gets on a plane has stuff with him you had no idea and he's just gone and he is gone so when we when we went to his bedroom to look, he has written us a note. And mm -hmm. the note is his penmanship and his words, but the tone was frightening. The tone was, I really have no other way to say it than just evil. It was mm -hmm. just dark, menacing, brutal, a break. Like it was, 
I will never see you again. I was, you know, that's it. Y'all, thank you, but I'm out. I found people who love me. I found people I would be willing to do, go to the ends of the wor world with, and that is it. So that was very, we were, and, and we were so blindsided by this because this was not who our kid mm -hmm. had been at all. And at that point, um, we were able to have the first of many miracles. The first miracle was that we did not know what to do really at this point because we didn't know anybody whose kids had run away with some sort of an um, agenda, if you will, because his note indicated there was an agenda that he was joining these people and they had plans and they were going to do stuff. So we called. Hey, real fast, do you know where he went yet? We had no idea where he went. So do you go into fight, flight? Where do you go? How did you handle that when you read that? 100% fight. You're a fighter. 100% okay. fight. Um, made a couple calls. My mom and sister both flew across country to be with us. They were in my house within 20 hours. Um, we called everybody and anybody that we knew he spoke with. The people that had gotten the post told us things, but they were they were just as shocked as we mm -hmm. were. They did not know. Um, and we just started praying. We were instantly praying. I, it, when I look back at it, it really was surreal because we were in crisis mode, but we were also extremely capable. And I, mm -hmm. I give full credit to God to that. We were crying hysterically, mm -hmm. and yet we knew we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to call that person. I went to the bank. Oh, we withdrew all his money. Where would you have gotten money to buy a plane ticket? You know, mm -hmm. is the manifesto available? I mean, we just went all in instantly to do that. But we had no idea where he was at all and the next day went by 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 and it came to me at some point that um well god literally was holding me up i could feel him tangibly holding me not just holding me but holding my heart mm -hmm. as well holding my husband's heart as well and so we were together like this, mm. just, we were like a, a, a little wall, my husband and I together. But I remember when one of my anguish prayers, God literally saying, he might be killed. He might mm. never come back, but I will be here for you. And it was very hard to hear that. And even now it's hard to say. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was like, absolutely not, Lord, that can't ever happen. And yet, in my core, I knew that if the absolute worst thing happened, God would get me through it. And mm. it was the most surreal feeling to have because you're in anguish, but yet I knew God was there. Yeah. So it was it was really fascinating to have that such a personal impact with mm -hmm. the Lord in that sense. Did um, you tell your husband that? Mm hmm I did. How did he handle that news? He's like, oh, no, he's not going to die. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, don't, I hope not, yeah, yeah. but I mean, we, we don't know. We That's literally, right. we don't know where he is. We don't know who he's with. We don't know why he left. We don't know mm. anything about this. Um, but one of the other beautiful things that God did in this absolutely horrific time was he had, as God does, he had prepared people in our lives that we had no idea would play such a key role until this moment. And from the moment... Like the first friend who came over from VBS while mm. waiting to see if he would come home to a, a friend of his who would stayed in her front yard for 
hours waiting for him to go running with her because they were both on the cross country team Mm -hmm. to our neighbors to our people in our church small group we were just surrounded by this sense of strength and that strength led to hope nobody knew what was going to happen but we they were not going to they weren't going to have us go alone. Mm, that's good. And so we saw that um, as God. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was the body of Christ that I've known about my whole life, but it was so much bigger mm-hmm. and personal yeah, and family than I had ever experienced. So God provided that in the midst of this terrible time, and that was, that was beautiful. Um, at the time, I was reminded of the story in Exodus where Moses, the Israelites are fighting, and when Moses holds his little staff up, they win. And when he brings his staff down, they lose. And I had a couple friends of mine, and they said, Jen, we're holding your arms up because we know oh, you can't. That's right. And they did. Yeah. And they did. And they interceded, and they prayed, and they brought us more food than you could imagine because, of course, <laughs> you don't eat when you're in crisis mode. Mm-hmm. Um, but, that's what we do at church. But, yeah, we bring food. We bring food. We, we're really good at that. Yeah. But um, And they got the word out. I mean, they would tell us. We were telling our pastor in that site. We literally had people contacting us around the country. We're praying for your son. Oh, we're praying for your son. We're praying for your son. Um, so as we're, in, as we're going through these days. How many days are we out? Uh, we are... We're up four days out. And each of those four days are just horrible. How do you wake up? Can I ask that question? Yes, good question. We don't sleep a lot. I was going to say, how do you go to sleep? Because I think you're emotionally exhausted. I can see myself emotionally Mm -hmm. exhausted. Like, okay, good way. But waking up and just being like... Yeah. Oh, it's a nightmare. Yeah. I can't, yeah. Like, I you can't, can't get out of this. I can't get out mm-hmm. of yeah. it, it. And that's where I just like, mm. I, it was a little bit of an out-of-body experience because, I mean, I know I was a strong mom and I'm totally devoted to my kids, but I had no idea that mama mm-hmm. bear thing, how real that mama mm-hmm. bear thing is. It's real. Mm-hmm. It's really, really real. Mm-hmm. So you just, you slept when you could. Um, you got up and... My kitchen table, it was so funny, it had become like the command center. Mm. We had laptops out. We had phones out. And we were calling everybody and getting, okay, so-and-so saw him this day. They took him to a travel agency. What did you do? You know, we're putting mm. slowly little pieces together. Um, God also, of all things, he had given me a relative who um, at the time had worked with um, a governmental agency and I reached out to him and I said, what do you suggest? And he said, okay, here's what I suggest. And then he told me something fascinating. He said, there's an epidemic of men between the ages of 16 and 22 who are getting swept up without anybody realizing in social media and they are getting brainstormed and joining these groups and mm. these groups are across the board and they are across the board and their desires and what they want to change when well, it gives them purpose right it gives them purpose and he and i'm like you're kidding i've never heard of this right mm-hmm. i've never heard of this he goes no it is it is across the country and and i and that was and i said well how come I don't know about this? Because it sure would be helpful if I had another person I could talk to. What did you do? How did you feel? And there was no one. And because it was so extreme, and even though there's, we didn't even know all the details, it was just the menacing, the menaceness of, if that's a word, mm-hmm. was so heavy that there was like, oh my gosh, this is their child. 
Mm. Where's he coming from? Like, what sort of environment was he was in? Where, how was he raised? And it was so opposite of how we had raised him. And I think um, because our friend group and our body of Christ group was body, the church body was so great, we were able to put that to the side and not worry about it because that's just people's opinions. Mm-hmm. They don't matter. They do not matter when you're fighting for everything to get your child back. We don't care. In fact, my husband, I said at one point, he said, my husband said, there is no pride at this stage. We do not care. Good we will y'all. do what we need to do to save our child. Mm-hmm. And um, so we just, and really there wasn't a lot we could do, to be honest, but we prayed and we kept searching. And every time we would get disappointed, God would give us a little nugget of hope. We used to call them a nugget of hope. For example, um, we weren't sure where he was, but um, we did know he had destroyed his home computer. So oh, that, that was, was what I wanted to yeah. ask. When do we go to the computer? He destroyed his home computer and he had destroyed his um, his cell phone, sort of. Okay. We were able to, not we, some authorities were able to get mm-hmm. some information of it. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I had a contact from the school that he had been going to and was going to be a senior. And I said, just out of curiosity, can you check? And he was actually able to ping one 10-second use of the computer in another state. And that was extremely hopeful because that meant he was still in the country because the note alluded to that he was gone. He was leaving the country. So that was something. And then there was a couple other little nuggets like that. Well, there could be another state over here and another state. We had three states. We were pretty, we were convinced he wasn't in the original state because of the airplane ticket. Um, But there's three states. Mm -hmm. So we would just, and then we'd hit a wall. And then you're just, oh, you know, and then in God's amazing thing, we'd have we had Christian music playing nonstop in the house, and there would be a song where the words would be exactly what we needed to hear. Mm. Don't give up. God's promises are real. God never, never stops fighting for you. Mm-hmm. He has him. And we knew that. We knew that about our child. This child was the first grandchild, our first child, um, the first boy. And this child had been prayed for since the day of conception, for us before mm-hmm. even that, but for the family to day of conception. And he had said things during his life that you're like, the Lord is with him. He, at age four, I was having a day, I don't even remember it, but he's like, mom, stop, read your Bible. That'll help you. What four-year-old, four-year-old. says that? <laughs> you know, um, in kindergarten, he's in Bible, st- in Sunday school class, and they're reading about the Garden of Eden. And he's like, oh, silly, Adam and Eve. No one ever runs away from God. Like, this is this is who this child is. And we're like, so we also knew because of that, the prayers and the note, this was a spiritual battle. Yeah, it was. So we pivoted and all the work was spiritual based mm-hmm. because we knew God can do anything. And if the worst case scenario and he were to die or we would never to see him again, we knew that God was still sovereign and somehow we'd make it. Mm-hmm. Somehow we would go on. And that created a strength that was from the Lord, of course, that enabled us to just get up every morning. What do we know? What question do I have? How do I go get an answer to that question? So is your husband still having to work? He took a week off. He took time off. He came back. A week off. Was a week enough? Yep. Okay. So we're getting to that. We're getting there. We're getting there. I'm just thinking like if you're the Mm -hmm. breadwinner Mm -hmm. and you somehow you have to, you know, just how hard that must have been as a dad. I mean, so he was able to... Not work during that time and focus solely on mm-hmm. y'all looking for your son. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. All right. 
So, so we're four days in. We're four can't days find in. Him. We hear through all of our constant. I mean, I am calling old, old, old girlfriends. <laughs> I'm course. calling everybody of I course. can possibly think of it. And we learn that he's still in the States and that he is um, bored. So one of our prayers at the very beginning. Wait, bored? bored yeah. As in not having something to do. Uh-huh. You learn this. We learn this. So, so when we first learned about. He likes to do things as we already, you've already laid the ground. He's work. busy. He's very he, busy. He is a very capable, nonstop, active yes. kid. And when we first, when he first left, the prayer that came was, Lord, help him be bored. So he starts thinking about what he just did, looking back, or, and, or, do not let those people realize the talent they have, because he gets stuff mm. done. And that was our continual prayer. And we hear... Three, three, three days in at this point, that he has gotten bored, um, and he's Facebook messaged a couple people. So that's how you know he's bored, is because he starts reaching out. He starts looking to other people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, and Are these um, friends in the neighborhood, the school in area. The school. Mm-hmm. Okay, and because I've been talking to everybody, yeah, they all call me. Are they friends of yours or are they friends of his? They are friends of his. I was going to say, his, his group's usually not on Facebook, so that's weird, too. <laughs> back then, back then it was a little bit... Well, because Facebook Messenger is... Oh, for kids. ...is too. easier, yeah, and it's it's more select, right? Yeah. So I guess, I guess that's what... Anyway, that's what he was doing, okay. um, and he was bored. And we found out later that he was the first of the young kids, the 18-year-olds, to arrive. Had he not been the first one, I don't know how it would have ended out. But he was waiting for everybody else to turn 18. The As smart as he is, he's still a pretty s- typical dumb teenage boy, often yeah. in many ways. Um, so the plan, the detailed plan had been orchestrated. Do this. Just how you destroy that. Here's what you do this. Da-da-da-da-da. And they were waiting for everybody that they had been brainwashing to come together to turn 18. And he just happened to be the first one to turn 18. And they picked 18 because then you're an adult. Mm-hmm. And you're not allowed to have like a missing person out on you. Mm. So it was very, very intellectually sound what they were doing mm-hmm. and the way that they had formed this cult. And it was, um, there were men in their 30s that were the leaders of it. Another miracle, it was not a big group. It was just a bunch of kind of, in the words of my son when he got there, Mom, these men were losers. They didn't know what they were doing. And we are very lucky knowing that is God's hand as well. They didn't know what they were doing. Because you can just, make yourself sound one way online uh-huh, and be totally different absolutely. in person. Absolutely. And so our sons started to see through them. They started saying, okay, here's what you could do. You could do this. You could do that. You could do this. We need to raise money. And, and in his mind, he's thinking, I just walked away from being senior class president. Mm. I have a 4.0. I can go to pretty much most colleges that I want to go to. And it started disconnecting. It broke through the tight reign of the brainwashing that was starting to come. And what did they promise him to get him to leave you? To leave um, all of that that he left behind, what were they promising him? I know that's a great question. I don't know exactly other than the fact that what he was able to communicate to us is that the world is a messed up world and they were going to do what they could to fix it, to make parts of it 
better, mm. which is very appealing, especially at that age group. You you're suddenly realize the world is a disaster. There's a lot of things that are going wrong. And I'm and a smart kid, and you're going to use me to help exactly, fix the world. Exactly, exactly. And, and then he realized once he saw them, what are they going to be able to do, right? <laughs> and, also, um, and also, it was like, we, we are a little group. We know what's best for you. You, your family's been, Mm -hmm. you know, their job was to raise you and they did that, but that's that. You're going to be out on your own anyway. So if you're now going to be almost an adult, do your own thing. Let's make a difference. Let's go change the world Mm -hmm. in a very narrow minded way. Had you guys been having, as happens, as kids get older and they want to leave and be in charge had you guys as parent and child been having any kind of power struggles or anything to where he was like, I want to, I want to be my own man. You know, it's a great question. And I wish I could say yes, but we didn't like yeah. that was part of the blindsidedness. Cause it's Our, not always just easy to like unpack. I, I'm asking questions. I can imagine mm-hmm. people listening. Sure. Going, good. you know, if I'm having this power struggle right mm-hmm. now with my 18 year old, is that a warning sign or something, right. you know, and everybody's different There's and everybody I think same. that's normal I think if you're not having that yeah. that's There's not a normal part of it so it's, it's not it's, normal so yeah. to be raging every day right but it's not normal right. to not have so any we, we had the either. normal yeah. stuff um but he like for example he did not want to drive the old minivan to school <laughs> <laughs> his right. friends had brand new fancy cars and I'm like that's, that's what we got for you bud sorry but if you want to change the world one way to do uh-huh. it is not buy a new car all the time mm-hmm. it, yeah exactly <laughs> and and it was just and those talks those earlier conversations that would come back where we'd have these he's have uh-huh. these very legalistic almost view of a world view or something so he'd become he very fit. rigid he'd, he'd become, become very rigid very very rigid yeah. and he had always had a sense of justice and that was part of what we liked about him i mean that was just he just he's not a wishy-washy person there's a right way mm-hmm. there's a wrong way and it just became like it just the walls got closer mm-hmm. and closer together exactly which leaves about. out compassion which leaves out mercy mm-hmm. which leaves out jesus mm-hmm. to be honest it just mm-hmm. leaves out jesus mm-hmm. so when we would have those little conversations my husband and i after would go what what was that you know where is mm-hmm. that coming from and then we're like okay it's just this is how figuring it out figuring things out um but he was not um he was not a disobedient kid he was not sneaking behind and doing us things except he was but you know it wasn't like he, he didn't go out with smoke he wasn't nope. doing going with people he didn't like he he was just he didn't go as shines he didn't give us signs but again he had been coached on that he had been very well coached on do that i he would he would go walk the dog which when i look back i said he would offer to walk the dog that didn't used to happen <laughs> but that would be the time he could talk to some of the people i would have thought yeah, but he talked right? online on the computer mm-hmm. and also on the phone, on the phone. yep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i would have th- that they're still grooming a minor absolutely he is a minor i mean he was That's... 18 and six days when he left when he left and they had been he they'd been grooming him, him for at least a year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you know how they ended up uh, meeting like the original point of I I forget the so that original contact at the camp I don't know if these were they might have been relatives of his mm. or friends relatives of a friend of his something like that mm. um yeah so it goes back to the friend that you did not like mm-hmm. had, had a weird, connection yeah weird, weird feeling yeah. Mm-hmm. and then I thought it was okay because we were leaving that camp we'd never see that boy again 
So, but what I also learned too is that, um, cause I went afterwards when he did come and I'll have to get back to that story when he gets back, but when he yeah. was back, I'm like, how, how did this happen? And, and, um, he, I said, how did you get caught up? You went from kid over here to kid way over there. How did that happen? He goes, starts with humor, mom. They just had funny jokes. And I thought back about like, even just when I was a young professional woman about, um, you know, we call them uncouth or that's, that's just not, that's yes. not right. That's not, but, and now it's not said as much out front. Uh-huh. I mean, if you listen to an old comedy show from the eighties, you're like, I can't believe they would say that. Yeah. But online they were saying things like that and he would just get, Oh, that's kind of funny. Ha ha. And it's the logarithms. They just start pulling them yep. in and he'd get deeper and deeper and deeper. And, um, it's sophisticated, mm-hmm. not just like the people weren't, but the system is set up. That's very sophisticated. And so if you have, um, poor ideals in terms of what I want to do and I want to manipulate people, the system's in place for that. And so it's just tricky. And I don't mean to say you have to say no to the internet and social media, but as a parent of someone between 16 and 22, I say with my sincere heart, be careful mm. because it's really slick. And you're talking really about the slick. algorithms that kind of drill in and kind of start narrowing mm-hmm. your view for you, mm-hmm. even yes. though it starts subtle, but it gets it, tighter yeah. and tighter. And before like you know, you're, you're only heard, hearing certain things yeah. that make, you know, fit mm-hmm. that mold. You don't hear we counter arguments. But we like to only listen to the things that we agree with, but mm-hmm. we don't realize that's actually not good for us. No, it's not. I mean, it's like we should kind of yeah. be opening those doors a little bit, you know, appropriately. So, okay. So let's get back then to your story. So he, the um, kind of part where you're going... I'm, he's, he's reaching out. He's, he's, yeah, bored. he's bored. We have found out mm-hmm. he's bored at this point. And, he's reaching right. out. And then, and then you hear, do what? And you we, hear this. Well, this must've been, first of all, this is the first time you've heard. You may know, actually he's reached out. He's okay. Yes. How did that feel? Um, great. Um, just cautiously, really, really excited because we'd had other little moments and then they would turn into dead ends. So, but we, what was happening this day was that we had heard he had had a very long conversation by phone with a girl from the school who, um, I knew well, but I couldn't contact her. She was actually out of the country at the time. Um, and she had talked to him for an extremely long time and she had been able to talk to him and get him to think. And she said that he told her he was near an airport. He was only 10 minutes away from an airport and he was thinking about coming home. And so then we had these three states lined up. And so then we get the map out what cities are near airports. Mm. And I had a friend, um, again, just, she used to be work for Delta. She came over and, you know, look, I call my contacts. Well, there's no manifest yet. So it was mm-hmm. just wishful thinking, but anyway, but we knew we had narrowed it down to these three airports. One of the airports, my husband and a group of, um, four men we flew them down and my sister to stand and look for him it was an area that had been in the news quite a bit and we thought there's a good chance he could be there and they flew and they called themselves the god squad <laughs> because they're oh, like good. we're cute. gonna get him we're gonna yeah, get him that's cute. and uh, so they're there and then this one the second this other place we're like we really don't think he's there and then there's this other um city it was raleigh raleigh north carolina there was a possibility and i forget how we thought there was something connecting with him with raleigh so 
they go down to the other location and they're there for hours and they're not seeing him. It's okay, doesn't that's happening simultaneously as I call a friend of mine. Actually, because we had um, put out the alert, he's missing. Mm-hmm. If you here's what he looks like, um, let us know if you know anything. A friend of mine who actually also knew him because she used to teach him, um, who lives near Raleigh. And she called and said, what can I do? And I said, okay, this is insane. How close are you to the airport? She said, I don't know, 45 minutes. And she had two little kids at home. And I said, okay, how can you help? Could you just go to the airport mm-hmm. and look for him? We have this idea he might be coming. And she's like, sure, no problem at all. My husband watched the kids, I'm off. So... She's there, and then my husband's at this other city with this group, and um, it's just not. It's not going to happen. They just know. They uh, they all come into it. They're like, this is never going to work. And so he calls me. My husband calls me and says, we're going to come back. This is yeah, fruitless. There's no possible way we could ever see him, get in touch with him if he's here. So that's very disappointing because we really thought that was going to happen. So I get that news. By now, my friend um, has been at Raleigh Airport for about two hours. And so I call her and I say, "Um, you are amazing, but go home. This is so Mm -hmm. needle in a haystack. Just please go home. She says, no, no, no. I'll stay a little bit longer. And um, she'd asked me earlier what he would be wearing. And so he had brought very few things. So the one thing that he had brought was this, you know, normal clothing that's nondescript. But he had brought like a colored pair of tennis shoes. And I said, I think his shoes might be. I don't even know whether they red or something like that. So he might be wearing those. I don't know what he'd be wearing on top, but it's probably not about any other shoes. So it's probably the shoes. And um, so we're talking, and she's like, oh, I can stay a little bit longer. And all of a sudden, she goes, that, and she yells out his name. And I hear him say, mm. Miss. Oh, my gosh. And he's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, come here, come here. I'm talking to your mom. Come here, come here, come here. And he comes over and she goes, say hi to your mom. And he says, hi. And I said, hi. He goes, I go, are you going to come home? Yes. And then he handed the phone back. That's all I got. But this is a major airport. Yeah. This was an absolute miracle. Uh So um, we are just besides ourselves. So then my friend gets, she goes, I'm not letting him out of my sight till I put him on the plane. Click, hangs up. And she stayed there with him for hours because once you know it, the plane got canceled and then there was a new mm-hmm. one. Um, at some point, kind of a funny story, she's sitting and talking to him. And of all people, for God to put in his life at this point, this was the absolute best person because this was a woman who's probably halfway between my age and his age. She had been his teacher, so there's that special relationship. Um, and she was a great listener. So he would, they had time to kill, basically, talking. Mm. And so he would say something, and her response would be, well, that's not quite how I see the world, but okay, tell me more. Mm. Like, it was so open and non-offensive that he, he would stay with her, and she bought him lunch. And at some point, she said... I have to go to the bathroom. I have to go to the bathroom. I don't want you to leave. I'm going to leave my purse with you. So please don't leave. And he left and said, oh, I if I would have left a long time before there if you hadn't been here talking with me. Um, and she put him on the plane and called me as soon as the plane took off. And he came home that night about 9 p.m. 
And the boy that came home was so emotionally damaged, so spiritually damaged, thankfully not physically damaged. We were afraid he would have been physically harmed. Um, But he was home. And he also, what was so interesting and unexpected was he felt like such a failure. Mm. And not because he left us. He felt a failure because he'd left the group. And that was so hard to realize. But then you realize that's what brainwashing does. It just completely warps what you think is normal. And my cousin who had um, told me about this epidemic, this silent epidemic Mm -hmm. going with these young men, um, when we called him, he said, okay, and I'll never forget this, he said, now it gets hard. And I'm like, what? He goes, now it gets hard. You have made it to the mountain base. You weren't there. Today you were there. Now you must climb the mountain to restore him. And God can only restore, but as his Mm -hmm. family, we would do that. And he said, there will be lots and lots of falls along the way, but you just keep going. And those, that truth hung around us and that kept us going. And it was, it was a very, very difficult year. There were consequences that were just outrageously unfair to him because in reality he had done absolutely nothing wrong he had said a few things that weren't even specific and nor individualized I mean they were just random Mm -hmm. things and the consequences at his school his friends Mm -hmm. the neighborhood it was it was heartbreaking but he was he ostracized was he yeah he was ostracized completely people could see were other families and parents scared of him Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. They, they were, were scared that he would indoctrinate their kids. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. they were of that. Uh, his school refused to let him come back. It was a Christian school. Mm. And of all places that he needed Christian mm-hmm. love, he was actually shut down, and he is still recovering from his faith at that point because Christian mm. leaders who could have handled it differently didn't. And they didn't even talk to him. I was the one who had to tell him. It was just so, it was just, I just was saying, you can't go back there. Uh -uh. So it was just, it was really ugly. It was just really, really ugly. painful. Oh, yes. He's already in pain. He's he's so broken. And then just to have like salt being poured on the wound. So, um, but he, in the grace of God, he just, he didn't know what to think about God at this point because Mm -hmm. the brainwashing had so warped his idea mercy jesus made no sense to him anymore that had been like brainwashed out but he knew because we kept saying um i kept saying to him the two verses that held me up for those those only four days but it was seems so much longer of course that he was gone it was uh, psalm 135 which says i will wait for the lord i will wait for the lord in his word i hope Mm. and i just kept that it's the promises of God, the persistence of God, the everything of God. He he will never give up on anybody. Mm-hmm. So I held on to that, and then I held on to First um, Corinthians thirteen seven and eight. You know, love never fails. Love bears all things. Love endures. Mm-hmm. We um, would say we don't. It doesn't even really matter what you think anymore. It matters that you're with us. We will live life with you, mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that may seem really odd as a Christian person, but it was very clear to us God had given us this child. 
he had given this child to us back mm-hmm. and we were to live life with him we were his closest people in in his life that god could use to bring him back you said that might that. seem odd why does that why well, do you say that because if he continued to believe those crazy things it's so diamo- just it's the opposite of what we believe so right. how do you how do you work that mm-hmm. you know how do you work that um, and we were really lucky, not lucky. It was God. It was God's mm-hmm. grace that let us be able to separate the crazy ideas from this wounded person. Mm-hmm. And we just focused on the wounded person. Oh, Are good. you comfortable telling us what some of those crazy ideas were? Um, we've kind of danced around yeah. at this point. I didn't know how comfortable you were, um, um, I can Same say, I can say one incident. Um, so this group, this is, and it's important to remember this was six years ago The even okay. the, our country was quite different six mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And this particular, the group that he got involved with, their issue was with, um, happenings in Europe. The whole thing is like crazy. Oh, like, like Brexit type stuff? Like Syria. Oh, like Syria. Coming into yeah. Germany, all yeah, of yeah, that, yeah, yeah, Turkey, yeah. all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, not even pertaining to the United States. No, that's why it was the whole but thing. But I know someone that was very wrapped up in the oh, same thing. That was a big, yeah, it was, that it was, was big. Okay. Yeah, and, it's, and they're hard to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they believe all the conspiracies around who did what over there. Irrational. And, yeah, it was. And, it was yeah. And that. Yeah, it was all European mm-hmm. issues, which was so fascinating mm-hmm. as well. Because I mean, fascinating in an, an odd way. Um, but he'd been back home about three months, and I got a call from um, one of the police officers that we'd been working with because we treated him like a missing person mm-hmm. and we were very blessed in that the police officers said we're parents too we're treating him like a missing person mm-hmm. so one of um one of them called me about three months later and said i have a picture of this kid the kid from the camp do you know what he looks like i was no i i can't recall it all. i have no idea that was you know it was a while ago and i barely saw him he goes well can you show him to your son and I said, well, I don't know. It's so fresh. I don't want to like trigger oh, anything. Yes. I'm like, well, let me think about it. And um, about three days later, he calls me back. And says, I really, I need confirmation. And I said, all right, let me try. So my two boys are playing video games and they're intense, you know, uh-huh. doing their thing. And I'm like, hey, show my phone picture. Is this so and so? And he goes, uh, yeah. And he goes, wait, what? And I go, no, nope, no big deal. Just go back to your game. <laughs> and he went back to his game. Well, that kid had been arrested in Europe and was in jail. And it just, again, by the grace of God, our child was not there. Wasn't with him. Our child was home playing a video Video game. With his brother. With his brother. So it was very real. It was even though they were a ridiculous group of men, Mm -hmm. what their plan was real. Mm. Their plan was real. Mm. So... Yeah. So brother's relationship has been restored. How was that kind of coming back and how did that work? Yeah, it was, it was very painful. It was very painful at first. Um, uh, but the younger brother, I, I give him tremendous credit in forgiveness mm-hmm. and real caution. I mean, we, our trust had been destroyed of for course. all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it took some time and we were all, we did, we did a lot of talking about trust and how it takes time. You just don't get it back. So our family's always been a strong communication family. And so we just kind of, even though 
<laughs> whatever it still ended mm-hmm. up the way it ended up we just brought that back and we talked a lot about it and how he would you know want to say things and I said I'm not comfortable with you going like when he went off to college I said I am terrified oh yeah that you're not really going to go to college did he go yeah he went and you let I mean it was across and he was he was across the country we lived in Texas oh. by now he went oh. back back oh. there but but the brother was the same way he just he he allowed he I guess we were, we were able to forgive. Mm-hmm. We were able to forgive. And and fairly soon, fairly soon, um, my son f- asked for forgiveness. He owned it. Oh. And that helped a ton. Mm-hmm. And then the consequences we thought were so outrageously unfair that also helped us then comfort him. And that helped also in the forgiveness and in him actually believing us because we we never ever excused anything that he did he never I don't know that he'll ever fully understand the pain he caused us he might once he becomes a parent but Mm. even then he may never and that used to bother me a little bit at first and then I realized it doesn't matter Mm -mm. it does not matter God has his own special plan. So we don't know. I mean, so it's, quote, ended. I say that with my fingers in the air. But I really believe God's going to do something with this. We don't know what it is. It is a challenging time in this country Mm -hmm. to have gray areas in your life. Um, But God is greater than all of it. So I don't don't know. How is he doing now? He's amazing. He has, he graduated uh, cum laude from a private, very difficult school. He had made friends for life with his college roommates. Mm-hmm. Uh, they vacationed together. Um, he has a great real job um, in the city, and um, we see him every week. We have, uh, they come home for dinner with mom and dad. Oh, good. How's his faith? Coming. Mm. coming it it took a it took a hit but he he's definitely moving progress even to the point where we um he told us just recently that he called a a church near his apartment and asked to speak to who ran the young adult program and they met for coffee and he's been going that's awesome when someone comes out of that what is this what part of their faith did he struggle with or do they struggle with like the the goodness of god the justice his sovereignty where it is what what kind of areas did he mm-hmm. struggle with? I think he struggled with a couple of the areas. One was justice, mm-hmm. because it is hard to understand why things are going on in the it world. It is. Amen it's to that. It's very hard. Yes. And, and then the sovereignty also. is like, mm-hmm. well, if God is sovereign, why is he allowing it? Mm-hmm. That piece is confusing. Um, he also saw the hypocrisy mm-hmm. that is in yep. the world. But when it's hypocrisy in Christian leaders that you've looked up to for quite mm-hmm. a few years... That is really hard to deal with. So he, what we ended up telling both of our boys, is said, you both had to grow up with an adult lesson that most people get maybe in their 30s, and you got it as teenagers. Because my younger son had to have the same lessons. Totally. He saw it all happen. And I said, that's not fair to you. You're, you have to own your actions in it, but um, – it won't be for it won't be lost and i think in some ways you will be much better adults having learned this at such a young age because it did change how your your view of your role in the world is and were the boys pretty close before your older one left 
Um, they were ex- very, very close for years. High school was always a bit mm-hmm. rough, but of course the summer before they left was the best they'd ever been. Mm. They, so he, he felt abandoned by his brother then. He, he so did. it wasn't just a matter of I'm scarred because I miss my brother. Yeah. He left. It's, I feel like you abandoned yeah. me personally. Like and that was that hurt. all just pretend that whole great summer was that just pretend. Like, did you mean anything when you yeah. acted mm-hmm. like you cared for me? Mm-hmm. Yep. But they're living together now and it's just it's great they're just they're they have different strengths and different weaknesses and they work really well together so so how's your husband doing how's his how's his dad doing with he's really the one we asked how brother was doing dad is good too like i mean obviously all of us grew in our understanding of god's amazing ability and love um he's good like actually he's grown a lot in his faith um our marriage is strong i mean it just you i mean if you're not a christian you just go of course you go through a hard time you go closer together Mm -hmm. but that is not an of course statement Mm -hmm. so often Mm -hmm. that does not happen but when you when you are doing your darndest to just rely on the lord and you are realizing your foundation, I think my parents and my grandparents and my great-parents and great-grandparents, I mean, the foundation of the Lord enabled us to hold hands and just move forward. And we have, we've grown as a couple, we've grown as parents, and more importantly, I think we've grown as believers. Because I think some people have to go through, they see their child go off the deep end and they never really stop worrying. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried. Don't worry. I think about consequences that could happen and that mm-hmm. concerns me but in a second I think that I go God's got it mm-hmm. I mean it's just it's it's such a huge relief to be able to say Lord you you did all those ma- miracles why would you stop that's now right. you won't you mm-hmm. that's you God mm-hmm. you just well and you had even given him the worst that could happen right <laughs> I mean like right. you're yeah, like I'd already given I gave him the worst case scenario mm-hmm. my son may not make it back then I mean if you've really truly given all everything up to the sovereign lord there's not as much to be afraid of so anyway I that think song good. when we all get to that's right what a day of choosing that one we're gonna let just Christy go but anyway <laughs> Just let you sing us out. Anyway. I can play it really fast. Well, thank you so, so much. We appreciate you sharing your story. We have talked for a while. I mean, it's. I'm sure there's even more to share with it um, and more you could bring, but I know this was, it's not always easy to share it, but the more we do, I feel like the more God lifts it. It's not I agree. So burdensome. I, I, I thank you for the opportunity. I've actually been praying to see what God wants to do with this mm-hmm. story because it's not just for my family. Um, and so God just puts pieces into place and I get a call from Christy one day and I'm like, okay, thanks God. I got it. That's, there you go. There's okay. I just step. <laughs> all right. There's an open door. I'm going to walk through it. So thank you. Are you ready to sing? Welcome. Oh. There it is. Awesome. Well, that's it from Noisy Narratives, everybody. Until next week, um, we hope you guys have a good week. Until next week, this is Noisy Narratives out. Bye.
can be 